Howdy, Ags. Welcome to Aggie Growth Hacks, the podcast sponsored by the McFerrin Center for Entrepreneurship at Texas A&M, where we help Ags improve their business, connect with other Aggie entrepreneurs, and support one another. I'm your host, Greg Martin, Fighting Texas Aggie Class of 2001. And I'm your co-host, Chris Hunter, Fighting Texas Aggie Class of 1998. Whoop. We got a little story for you, Ags. Chris Valletta, Fighting Texas Aggie Class of 2000, Shoot It, is the co-founder and the president of Mission. Chris is an accomplished football star at all levels, a participant of the hit show, The Apprentice, and an entrepreneur whose business literally exploded in 2020. Chris is also the author of Teamworks, where he relates the challenges and the successes that entrepreneurs face with the challenges and the successes that professional athletes face. So pass it on back and listen up to Chris as he shares some good bull. Welcome back, Ags. We have got an amazing episode to kick off season four of Aggie Growth Hacks. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for uh, being part of the Aggie Growth Hacks family for the past three seasons. Uh, Chris Hunter and I are so excited about what we've got in store. And we are kicking this season off with an Aggie that both Chris and I have admired from afar for a long time. Uh, A lot of you Ags probably know Chris Valletta and know his story. And so Chris, thank you so much for being here today and sharing your wisdom with us. And we're so excited to have you on Aggie Growth Hacks. Oh man, it's great to be here. I'm excited about this one. We've been talking for a while, so let's get after it. Well, let's jump right into it. And Chris, what do you miss most about not being a student at College Station at AM? About not being a student? Yep. Oh, man. Um, I don't know. There's a, a million places I could start there, but you know, I played offensive line for AM. So when I think about my student life, it usually it revolves around food of some capacity. So, <laughs> as an um, offensive lineman, I'm sure you, you had yeah, to eat you know, those, just a little uh, bit. Those those twelve thousand calories per day is what I miss the most because I got to just eat my face off as much as I wanted. But you know, the cheese fries at the Dixie Chicken, the Super Monster at Freebirds, like those are some things I seriously miss <laughs> as a student. <laughs> those things aside, the beauty of Texas A and M and the beauty of I think what you learn as a student there is is embodied by what we always talk about at A and M. There's a spirit that can never be told, and that spirit to me is captured in the instinctual non-technical skills you learn as a student. What I mean by that is, you know, if you're a marketing major, you're going to come out of A&M and you're going to know a bunch of knowledge about marketing and you're going to have good experience. And that's great. If you're a business major, you're going to learn finance, you're going to learn operations, you're going to learn these types of things, and you're going to get a lot of book knowledge and you're going to get an amazing education around, you know, whatever it is that you study. That's, that's a given. But I think what A&M does is they, they peel back the layer to the human being and they actually get into your mindset a little bit deeper than uh, a traditional place. And they, you come out of that with, with this spirit that we talk about. And that spirit to me is the intangibles that make you a quality, successful human being. Empathy and communication and understanding interpersonal dynamics um, with people you may not uh, have common ground with at the start, but you can at the finish because you just you learn what it's like to be together. And I, I think that spirit um, at A and M, I could say I miss it, but at the same time, I can really reflect upon it because it's been part of the foundation upon which I built my personal life and my professional yeah. career. Yeah. yeah, and I think that's what's uh, what's most important. And I would probably say it's most important with a close second being those cheese fries. At, at <laughs> 
<laughs> they, they are still have good. the cheese fries. I haven't been I've absolutely, been oh, yeah. absolutely, do, right? yeah. yeah. I mean, the nastiest, but but best. You know, like there's better. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Uh, the cheese fries are always there at the Dixie Chicken. You know, the, and and they're they're the Tijuana fries, right? That yes. that you can go and get. Yeah, I, I, anyone that comes into town that's new to to Aggie Land, that's exactly where I take them. Dixie oh, Chicken for a burger, a beer, and Tijuana fries. Because no until, unless you're there, you don't believe that that place really exists. I mean, no, it, it, it the lore yeah. of it. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, it's hard. It, it, what's the saying from the outside? You can't explain it from the inside, or from the inside, you can't explain it from the outside. You can't understand it. I guess that's true. Yeah. Physically yeah. being in the Dixie Chicken, uh, as yeah. Well. <laughs> <laughs> love that. Love it. So. Everyone knows about Mission, right? I mean, you're 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 like you've got like the best brand in in Aggie Land, not just Aggie Land, but just this worldwide. So everyone kind of knows what Mission is. But why don't you tell us what Mission is, and why don't you tell us, you know, how did you get into that? How did how did how did that even start? I love the fact you say everyone knows Mission. That is the coolest thing I've heard in a long time. Because <laughs> when you're an entrepreneur starting a business you know, with this concept on a napkin that everybody talks about, <laughs> you have these visions and dreams of someday being known by the masses, uh, by creating a value that people want and, and people can relate to. The fact that we, you know, here we are 14, 15 years later after we started the company and, and the fact that people know our brand um, and use our brand and relate to it is just unbelievable. Like it's a a blessing beyond anything I could ever hope to deserve. And so I appreciate you saying that, Chris. Uh, Absolutely. But it's true. But it's true. Yeah. I I think a lot of people know mission, not in the context of saying like, you know, a lot of people know Apple, uh, you know, and a lot, obviously that's the vision, vision, (laughs) right? Right. Yeah. Um, Mission is a, a quite simply a performance apparel and accessories company that focuses uniquely on temperature innovations to deliver a cool, comfortable experience to active consumers. And so there's, you know, you guys, I'm sure have played sports in your life, or you've been out in the yard to cut the grass or what have you, anyone who's anyone has experienced what it's like to be hot and uncomfortable. We're all in Texas. It gets pretty hot. Uh, Certainly in my playing experience, it got very hot and heat has a, a, a distinct physical impact on your ability to perform. And so that could be your ability to perform in terms of just enjoying your activity. You know, if you've ever been to Disney World with your kids in July and it's 110 degrees and you're standing in line for the roller coaster and you know how much money you paid for the Disney tickets, but your kids are sitting there and they're screaming and complaining because they're too hot and all they want to do is go in the air conditioning. Like that's a real moment, right? Yep. And so Mission has a portfolio of products that are designed to intersect at that moment to make that experience cool and comfortable and easy. So whether you're five years old playing soccer or you're a family at Disney, or whether you're a 95 year old, you know, speed walking in Florida in the hot, humid weather, we have a portfolio of technologies that's designed to keep you cool and comfortable so you can do more and enjoy more. And that's, that's been the, the, that was the genesis of our brand. And we knew that if we were going to get into that category, if we were going to say, Hey, listen, temperature, you got to start paying attention to it because if you want to be cooler when you're out mowing the lawn, we have a product for you. And that was that was a great positioning statement. But we knew if you were going to deliver a technology to consumers in today's market, you've got to be relevant. You've got to be authentic. You've got to be real. You can't do any like me too, hocus pocus garbage. You've got to make stuff that really works. And so from the beginning, we said, let's find people who are the most active and in the heat. Like who's out, who beats their bodies up more than anybody? I mean, you could talk about 
military. You could talk about, mm-hmm. you know, people that work in a steel mill or something. But we zeroed in on the athlete community uh, because we knew that professional athletes, their jobs are to push their bodies to the max in conditions that aren't favorable to do it. Mm-hmm. And so what we did is we went out to some of the top named athletes in the world, Serena Williams, Drew Brees, Dwayne Wade, and others. And when we started the business, we, we said, we're going to carve up some equity in the, in the business. We're going to give it to these athletes. And of course, in exchange for that equity, we're going to be able to say, you know, we're going to be able to use Serena Williams' image and likeness and name. Yep. And that's great. Same with Drew and Dwayne <clears throat> and others. So we could market with them and put them on signs and social media and things like that. More importantly was having them validate our products. So as an example, we know because science proves it, that if Serena Williams is playing at the Australian Open and it's 120 degrees and she is in the final set, we, the science proves that if she has implemented cooling strategies during that match, that in that final set, she will be a step ahead and have more gas in the tank than her opponent. It's simple because as your body temperature rises, your ability to max out your performance declines. And so as you increase or as you go throughout your tennis match or a marathon or a whole day you know, out in the yard doing yard work, your performance is going to decline, not to mention cognitively you decline, you get cranky, you get hot, you get sweaty, all of those things. So if we could keep Serena Williams a little bit cooler, then she's going to be an inch faster than her opponent. She'll be a st- slight step ahead. And, and we all know in the world of sports that any sport is a game of inches, right? Mm-hmm. People might miss a catch by a fraction of an inch. They might miss the, uh, the end zone by a fraction of an inch. So we live in that space. So we, before we ever launch a product and it ever goes on shelf, we bring it to the athlete community and we say, listen, test it, beat it up, give us feedback. And they return it to us. And we kind of go through this back and forth process until, it, until we nail it. And then when we nail it, then we wrap it up in beautiful packaging and then we send it out and put it on shelf at you know, all the retailers we work with across the country. And that's been a, a very distinct and important difference is our attention to detail in product development and how that's impacted us over the years. And today, fast forward, you know, uh, I, I think we're close to, we got to be close to 100 million units sold of product over the years. Wow. We've got there's not a single item in our entire portfolio that has less than four-star reviews on Amazon. It's a great place to, to look at product. And listen, we've, we haven't gotten them all right over the years, but having hundreds and hundreds of different you know, SKUs and every single one of them is a four-star or better speaks volumes to our product development team's yeah. effort and the way in which we've approached it. Because ultimately, you could have the coolest brand in the world. If you don't deliver to the consumer, like what's it for? Yeah. Right? They'll, like, they'll buy it once and then leave you right. a they'll terrible buy it review and then right. move right. on. Yep. You're here today, you're gone tomorrow, and you're a flash in the pan. And so with, with us, we we know that temperature control is the next frontier of performance. It's the next frontier of athletic performance. It's the next frontier of performance and safety in job environments. All of us know people that work in you know, oil and gas refineries or steel mills, or they might be outside working in hot environments. I mean, we drive by you know, on the highways in Texas. You know, you've seen it, middle of July, 105 degrees on, you know, outside, yep. and you've got these guys in jeans and long sleeve shirts yep. putting asphalt on highways. Your ability to not only perform in that job, but stay safe in that job is is critical and that's that's really where we live and so there's supplements there's all different types of things to impact performance 
we use temperature to do that. That's the mission brand. Nice. Well, Chris, it, it, as you've kind of gone through and, and this company's had you know, some, some pretty tremendous growth over the last couple of years, you know, especially with a product company, a lot of the entrepreneurs that we have, you know, they, they're struggling to get it right. And then they get it right. And then they experience, you know, a tipping point or they have some, some exponential growth. Is there any specific tipping point that you can remember that you look back and like, that was fundamentally a game changer for mission? hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. I, I can point, I can point to inflection points throughout the, the, you know, since we started this brand in 2008, I can point to things that made a difference along the way. But in terms of a tipping point for the brand, without question, it was COVID. And it's kind of weird to say that. Really? And the, 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 the short version is, you know, missions had a, you know, again, we've had a portfolio product since, you know, 2008, when we launched the brand and one of our, and pretty much all of our, our products are textile based. So we've got, you know, cooling hats. I'm wearing a cooling, one of our cooling hats now that this, this product it's designed to just be a regular hat. But as you sweat into it, or if it gets wet, it, the, the technology in the hat literally produces a cooling effect to keep your whole head cool. And so we've got you know, this style, we've got hundreds of different styles of hats, and we've got cooling towels that you can put around your yep. neck to keep you cool. We've got cooling neck gaiters that you can wear you know, in 12 different ways, cooling underwear, socks, you, know, you name it. And I mentioned that that neck gaiter that we have, a cooling neck gaiter, which is just a kind of a tubular design fabric that you can, you know, a lot of fishermen wear them. You wear them when you hunt. Yep. Um, you can pull it up over your face. You can wear it as a balaclava. You can put it up as a headband. There's a million things you can do with it. And ours, when it gets, when you introduce water to the fabric, and we don't use any chemicals to produce our cooling, but when you introduce water to the, this particular fabric, the temperature drops to 30 degrees below your average body temperature, and it stays there for two hours. And you can constantly reactivate it and reuse it forever. So when you got something around your neck that's 65 degrees, roughly 68 degrees, and it's 95 outside, like that's a win. Well, one, yeah. Of, yeah. one of the ways you can wear that product is over your face. So fast forward, we've had that product in market since probably 2011 is when we introduced it. But fast forward to 2020, and the world was told to cover your face with a mask yeah. of some kind. Yeah. Our business exploded overnight. I mean, we had every retail partner calling us and placing millions of unit purchase wow. orders. And the challenge we were faced with in that instance was not just the scale that comes with going from you know where you are and your existing team to 10xing your business literally overnight. Wow. That comes with it a whole host of implications on your, you know, end-to-end supply chain being first and foremost. Can I produce this stuff? Where am I going to get the fabric? Where am I going to find the materials? Can I produce it? And if I find right. the materials, can I get enough factories online to do it? And once I get the factories online, can I find enough boats or planes to get it over to the United States wherever I'm producing <laughs> it in? And once it's here, how in the heck do I get this out to the stores? Oh, and by the way, there's a global pandemic on top of all of this. That's yeah. right. <laughs> which has shut down basically every country. Everything. It is closed shipping lines. Uh-huh. It had, I mean, you name it. You're you're given the ultimate request to blow up your business and you've got every single hurdle in front the of ultimate you. hurdles against right. it. <laughs> right. And so I, I could bore you to tears with how we overcame each of those hurdles. But we did. We overcame every single one of them. In fact, I think when it was taking others three, four months to get, you know, to deliver product, I think the very first 
purchase order uh, we got when the when the real stuff hit the the big order we got I think it was a little over a million units from uh, from the Home Depot and I want to say from the time the order was requested to the time we had product on the floor was under forty five days so wow. in addition to expediting and getting inventory out we can't forget and you know we remind our team of this all the time we can't forget the importance of the competitive advantage we secured in doing that. Yeah. Um, obviously everybody has competitors as you know, we're, we're no exception, but when you can get that, that far ahead of competitors, uh, that's a difference maker. So you've got COVID the implications of what that means. Plus the fact that, at, you know, we mission happens to spend a lot of, you know, we spend a lot of money in national advertising, TV, digital radio print, and so you've got sort of this one plus one equals ten type scenario happening. It led to it led to some some exciting things. So it's it's odd to say that COVID was a tipping point, but it absolutely was. I mean, it completely changed our business because millions of new customers came into the pipe, right? Yeah. And millions of new customers were pouring into this funnel and going into the brand. And it's like anything, guys, right? We're all consumers. Mm-hmm. If you buy a T-shirt from a brand that you may not have heard of so much before, but Man, you put that T-shirt on, you're like, "Holy cow, this thing looks amazing! It fits great, it feels great, it washes great." What are you going to do? You're going to go buy get another one. Back. You're go probably going to buy another one. Yeah, and you might look at their <laughs> pants and their sock. You might look at the other mm-hmm. stuff that they have. Yeah, that's exactly what occurred with Mission, and we had an influx of millions of consumers, and uh, all of a sudden we noticed, okay, you know, that Gator was a four and a half star rated item before COVID. It's still a four and a half star rated item. And now we're seeing huge sales growth in our hats and huge sales growth in our towels and huge sales growth in, in our socks and all these other products that we have. And it just kept, you know, climbing. It was sort of a blur the last, you know, two years kind of still is a blur because of everything that's happened with COVID. But in, a, in addition to being able to manage that scale and grow to the scale and, and take advantage of what that scale, we were also able to give back along the way and, and help, you know, and do things that we're going to serve people in a time of complete and total uncertainty yeah. when, when, you know, it felt like the world was falling apart. And so we fed your a team food banks, the, and we, you know, it was amazing. The, the team that you had to pull together in order to manage that scale and to, and to drive that competitive advantage from the gator to the hats, to the shirts, to the socks. Uh, I mean, it's, it's the fundamentals of that team that in building the right people and having the same vision that, that probably is where as, as, as a co-founder, that's where you probably spend a lot of your time. Oh my gosh. A, a thousand percent. Yes. You know, the McFerrin center it, it is a very important element to Texas A&M university and its namesake, Artie McFerrin, who wrote the book, the executioner, which I don't know if you guys have read it, but awesome book. And right out of the gates, his entire first chapter is about your mindset, you know, where he says we are the CEO of ourselves. And so before we ever look at your talent or your physical ability, right? It's like if you graduated from AM with a marketing degree, I'm pretty confident you're going to be able to tell me, you know, uh, what, you know, what was on page 500 of your marketing, you know, 201 handbook. Like I, I get it. Like you can read the X's and M's, but what's between your ears? What's the mindset of this individual? And mission is stacked with people that I refer to as rope holders. That's that's the term I use internally with my team. That if you were, you know, were hanging off the side of a cliff by a rope, right? And death was beneath you, and you could only have one person holding the other end of that rope, 
what type of person do you want on the other end? Now, obviously, physical strength is a prerequisite, right? You want them to physically be able to pull you up. <laughs> right. Just like talent is a prerequisite. You got to be able to know what you're doing. But way more than physical strength or talent is the mental fortitude. Do you want someone that is unreliable, might not show up on time to everything, hasn't always come through the way you wanted them to? Or do you want someone that is supremely dedicated, completely disciplined, has the desire to always better their best no matter what, who understands the importance of teamwork and communication and how to get up when you fail? All of those interpersonal or soft skills are critical and the essential qualities of rope holders. And we've been able, fortunately, to, to stack a team of rope holders at Mission. Without question, we would not have gotten and we would not be where we are today without the people in this business. There's just no doubt in my mind. So, you know, the, the first time that I came across Mission was uh, I was looking for something to uh, cool down you know, as out in the Texas heat, my wife runs a lot, right? She, and, and she always starts her training at about this time of the year, you know, for, uh, the, the BCS marathon. Right. Okay. And, uh, which is in December. So the training always starts this time of year. So I was looking for something to cool her down. I ran across mission and, and got her that I got her the gator. This was like five, six years ago. Right. And she loved it. Absolutely loved it. So, uh, you know, we fed right into exactly what you just, just said there that, you know, we, we ended up getting all sorts of stuff from mission. And honestly, that was before I knew it was Aggie owned and operated. Right. (laughs) I mean, that was just, this was a great product. Super bonus. (laughs) Right. You know, and when I learned, you know, we, you and I ran across each other on LinkedIn and I'm like, wait, he owns mission. What? <laughs> you know, so anyway, and now so, you got a hookup, Chris. See, I like, know, I know. That's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> Jury's out for you. Well, <laughs> there, there you go. I'm obviously way behind the power curve. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us a little bit about your big, hairy, audacious goal. What's your B hag for mission? Yeah, that's great. It's uh, that's a great question. We, we set out with a BHAG of establishing a new category of retail. That was our that was our original plan. It was hey, cooling, cooling as a category. It doesn't exist, right? Yeah. Like it, there's things out there in the market that kind of speak to it, but there's not a brand that owns that space, and it's not a category today. I would liken it to the way sunscreen was not really a category right. uh, for a long time. There were sunscreen products out in market, but I don't remember exactly when it was, but you guys probably do. Well, maybe early, mid nineties when like the news started to come out and say, you know, you probably shouldn't go yep. sit in a tanning bed for an hour and a half because it, it, <laughs> it's sort of bad for you. Rub on coconut wanna, oil. Right, right exactly. <laughs> like you might want to start using, you know, some, some stuff to protect your skin against the UV rays. And it started to get some more momentum. And around the same time, if you were to ever turn on the weather forecast, you know, you would hear, hey, in Bryan College Station today, it's going to be, you know, 92 degrees. Yep. Fast forward to today. What does sunscreen look like when you walk into a Kroger or, or, a, or a, you know, a retail shop in the, in the summer months? It's a dedicated space in the store, right? And when you go online or you open your weather app or you're watching the news and you're, you're told about the weather in Bryan College Station, they don't just give you the temperature anymore. You're told it's going to be 92 degrees. It's going to, the humidity is going to be, you know, 65%. The heat index will be Keep 108. Going. <laughs> the pollen count is this, the XYZ is that. I mean, you are bombarded with information about the importance of heat safety and making sure that you, you know, stay cool in the same way sunscreen was. So, I sort of liken cooling to that 
in some regards, although the cooling is has the potential to be much, much bigger given the use cases. And so we set out with that vision first was our, was our BHAG was, was get in and, and establish and, and own the category. And we were successful at doing that. And we were, we were opening, you know, major retail partners, obviously establishing our own e-commerce engine, our own direct to consumer uh, infrastructure, but you know, Walmart, Target, Home Depot, uh, Lowe's, like you, you pick the Dick Sporting Goods, Academy Sports, you, you kind of pick one of these partners and we were able to make some inroads. And now we are clearly an established destination in, in all of those environments. And so, you know, that while I'd say that BHAG has been, um, that, that box was checked, I don't think it's completely checked. I think it's partially checked because we're never going to stop owning and, and developing and building that category. Obviously, to lead the categories is, was, was also a big one. You know, we want to make sure that, you know, I, I give the example of Secretariat at the, at the Belmont. I, I don't think he was even slated to win the race, let alone win it by over 30 lengths, right? And that's the approach we take. It's not just about winning. We want to dominate. It's not just about, you know, as an offensive lineman, our coach used to just say, it's not just about putting your opponent into the dirt. It's about putting him eight inches beneath the dirt. It's about like making sure your will is imposed. And that's that's our approach. And so when I start thinking about the next five or 10 years and a BHAG for mission, we have full permission to think of ourselves as a multi-billion dollar brand platform that has the ability to go in numerous extensions. And we're well on our way, absolutely well on our way. We've got all the, we got, we have the resources, we've got the global, you know, uh, supply chain infrastructure. We, we, we've got it all there. And now it's just a matter of, you know, pen to paper, head down and focusing on, you know, the mindset of secretariat, getting out in front of everyone else and putting opponents, you know, six to eight inches beneath the dirt. That's kind of our approach. And so, yeah, I think, I think we have all the, uh, all the tools to, to be a, a billion dollar brand in, in the next three to five years. Chris, you, you talk a lot, just even in the words that you use to describe your past, your passion, your people that are around you, there, there's obviously a very strong correlation between entrepreneurship and sports. In your mind, I mean the the fact that you you said you targeted athletes as the first people that that you're going on. So so knowing that you've had success in the sports arena at every level, you've had success in entrepreneurship in, in every level. What is what is one maybe one or two things that you you see such a strong correlation be- between them? And, and I'm you know you talk about it in in your book, but you know really. It just comes through with everything you say. Well, uh, it does. I I believe firmly that athletes, by virtue of the skills they instinctively possessed, represent the most, one of the most qualified, yet untapped sources of leadership talent in the workforce today. Full stop. I mean, I, I can tell you right now, R.C. Slocum has had just as much an impact on my professional business career as he did on my personal life. He told me when I was 17 years old, sitting in my living room, getting recruited by everybody. uh, Actually, he didn't tell me, he told my parents. He said, if Chris decides to come to Texas A&M and if he decides to make, you know, uh, become an Aggie, and if he listens to what I tell him to do, he will graduate with a great degree. He will play highly competitive division one college football. He'll have a chance to play in the NFL. And I promise you, he'll come out of AM a better person than when he came in. 
And that was impactful. I, 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 no one, no other coach really put it that way. And we took him up on it. And every single thing he said was, was absolutely spot on. Yeah. Because athletes understand like entrepreneurs, right? It's not all glory. You know, a lot of people see they see game day. They don't see practice. Yep. And yeah, entrepreneurs. A lot of people see the end result. You go to mission.com or you go to apple.com and you, you, you know, you see the end result and it looks pretty and it's great. No one sees the work that went behind it. So athletes have a distinct understanding of a work ethic. And I mentioned some of those qualities earlier in the rope holder analogy, dedication, discipline, the desire to be the best, handling adversity, performing under pressure, responding to a loss, yeah. you know, playing hurt, playing injured, being coached, working within a multicultural team dynamic, the, the communication that has to occur in order to execute flawlessly as an athlete, all of those are central to athletic performance. And if I just, if I was giving a business lecture right now and I was using those same terms, everyone would say, yeah, all of those are essential to business execution too. It's they're one and the same. And so that's been my operating system since I was, mm -hmm. you know, since I was done playing there was not a business playbook. No one came to me and said, here's the five steps to how to start a business. And here's, yeah. the, here's the thing. <laughs> they probably would have been wrong. Right. If they did. Right. I, I, <laughs> I had a, I had two distinct things. I had a mindset and I had amazing teammates. You know, I, mission's not me. I'm part of it. Obviously my business partner, Josh, who is a tremendous entrepreneur, you know, he, he was critical in, in getting mission off the ground. I mean, absolutely couldn't have done it without, I couldn't have done it without him. And, and our, our, you know, head of operations, her name is Lisa. Literally, we would not be where we are today without her. So amazing teammates, amazing coaches and mentors and people that I was able to tap into to get coached. There are plenty, plenty of people involved with the McFerrin Center that I won't name, but they know who they are, who I call all the time for advice. You know, these Aggies that have been there and done that, and they've navigated the worlds of consumer products and private equity and, and stuff that I didn't have any experience with have been so amazingly gracious in offering their coaching. And so I'm, I consider myself to be extremely coachable. And I, I think that's a quality that I, you have to demand as an entrepreneur. And yeah. so all of those things rolled up into one and aggregate are, are a, a big part of the reason why we've had some success. It's interesting. So this leads us into our lightning round. Okay. <laughs> our lightning round is uh, real simple, right? It's uh, we're quick, right? And okay. uh, we're going to ask you a question. You have like one or two minutes to answer them. All right. So you ready for this, Chris? Let's do it. What is your favorite hack? It can be business. It can be personal, whatever. Anything goes here. What is your favorite oh, hack? Easy. Obviously, I, my formative years, I grew up in Texas, went to AM, but I spent 16 years in Manhattan. And so when you're in Manhattan, you live in an apartment. And so all those like, you know, uh, traditional honeydew projects, anything electrical or plumbing or yard work or all that stuff, I didn't have to do for 16 years. And so I got rusty when I came back to Texas. I'm telling you, like, <laughs> bad. <laughs> and, and so my hack is YouTube. I mean, my goodness. Like, yep. <laughs> thank God for YouTube. Oh, yep. right. Like anything and everything you can learn how to do on YouTube. You know, you want to tear apart a, you know, a 1969, you know, Camaro, you can learn how to do it on YouTube if you've never done it before. Um, and the same goes for, you know, uh, landscaping and electrical and plumbing. And, you know, I know my limits, but that's been a, a pretty good hack. <laughs> We're going to roll right now and have a break and hear a message from our sponsor. 
Well, Chris, what is the favorite advice that you've ever been given and how have you applied it? Uh, I'm going to go back to Coach Slocum. Uh, there was a practice uh, one day on the... This is back... I guess I'm dating myself, right? This was back... Do you guys remember we used to have a turf practice field? My, my freshman. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. That thing. Get on that thing in August. That's a, that's a joy. Let me yeah. tell you. Talk about the heat. There was a practice my freshman year and he, Coach Slocum was talking to the team. And, and one of the things he said that I, I've always hung on to is what you can put off to tomorrow, do today. And what you can do today do it right now. And I think he was talking about the importance of not waiting or delaying what you know you need to do to set yourself ahead. Like don't don't even give yourself a minute. If you know you've got to do something to better better your best, do it. Do it right now. Don't put it off to tomorrow because someone else in your shoes isn't waiting. And they're either going to be ahead of you or you know, you're going to be ahead or they're going to be ahead. And I'm not, you know, like I, I'm not always this second place is the first loser <laughs> kind of guy, but like there, there's truth in not procrastinating on certain things. And I always hung on to that advice. Uh, and, and, you know, to this day, Coach Slocum and I stay in touch all the time. Um, I always tell him how thankful I am for the impact he's had on me. And I think uh, he doesn't even, you know, I think he realizes it, but I don't know if he realizes just how far and why that impact goes. Cause I know I'm not the only one uh, that yeah. shares that sentiment. Yeah. That's awesome. So next question, what's your superpower? Probably talking. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like uh, Rusty Burson and I are good buddies. And, you know, back in my A&M days, I was, a uh, I, I like, you, when we were allowed to have jobs in the off season as athletes, I, I hosted a radio show, you know, I was always, I always kind of had the gift of gab. I never shut up. Um, and so I think it served me well, uh, because I've, I've been able to translate that into a, a pretty successful business career. And, but from the business side, you know, you have strengths in business and weaknesses. One of my strengths is, is sales, business development, you know, relationship management, you know, those, hmm. you know, obviously leading people, but being able to talk and try to be engaging and, you know, uh, understand interpersonal communication dynamics and all the stuff that goes into it. I was a speech communication and rhetoric major at AM wow. and I minored in political science. I thought for sure, you know, I was going to become a politician. I was like, yeah, I just, you know, I'll, you know, run for office. And then, and then I got into sales. I, I don't know how that happened, but. <laughs> I guess it's the same thing, almost. Life. But that was, uh, I, I think the gift of gab is probably one of them. Chris, what gets you out of bed excited to take on the day and excited to, to do amazing things? Just like anything. Uh, you know, I, I am very blessed to have an amazing wife. Her name is Lily. And my, my wife is a highly accomplished entrepreneur and businesswoman uh, with a very successful marketing and big data analytics company. And she's an absolute inspiration. Um, and I learn a ton from her and she's a, you know, she, along with my two boys, JD and Christian, I've got, uh, JD is eight and Christian is six, you know, they are, uh, in, in large part, the reason, right? It, like, like <laughs> I'm hungry, uh, get out of bed. Right. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, exactly. Exactly. Uh, and, and I've become excellent at making pancakes as, as a result. But, um, so like anything, I'm I'm completely inspired and, and motivated by my family. Uh, but but you know beyond that, it's it's this idea that I I can't ever be comfortable settling. I always want a level of uncomfortableness in my in my life, and I 
it's that sort of uncertainty of being uncomfortable and, and to what level and, and to what degree you're uncomfortable that I think is why entrepreneurs, you know, take that crazy title. You know, um, they sort of like the idea that they don't really know where their next meal is going to come from. And so you got to go out and eat what you kill. And that's awesome. It's terrifying. <laughs> and I think had I known then, you know, what I know now about, you know, really, you know, being part of launching a new business and everything that goes in it. Oh my gosh. I don't know if I'd make the same decision, but thank, you know, ignorance is bliss. Thank God. Um, thank God I had amazing people around me teammates, mentors, colleagues that uh, filled a ton of those gaps. But yeah, it's, it's you know, I'm, I'm, I want to better my best every day, every minute. Uh, I, I don't ever want to settle and, and I want to encourage and inspire others to do the same. And I think when you do that, you can make magic happen. So how can the Aggie Network get in touch with you and support you moving forward? First of all, to get in touch with me, my, my email is best. I don't know if you guys want to, I can give my email. Chris yeah. at gmail.com is uh, my email and you, you can post it. I that's a great way to connect with me and, and to connect with everybody. The Aggie Network and Texas A&M University has given me so much. You know, I can't even begin to tell you or the people that are listening to this podcast how impactful the the, the A&M system and the people that are you know part of it have inspired me and motivated me and cared for me. That is the spirit that can never be told. That spirit of Aggieland is the spirit that comes with the network and comes with the support. To the, I mentioned earlier, to this day, I'm, I'm still calling you know, former students. I'm still talking to these mentors. So I don't necessarily want to say, what can the network do for me? Because it's already done for me. I mean, like I, I use it. So I am so thankful. I, it's more like, what can I do for the network? <laughs> like I, because I, what, am, what, what is it? Ask not what, you can, what your network can do for you, but what you can do for your network, I guess, to Kennedy. I want to make sure that I return the favor. I think paying it forward is incredibly important. It doesn't mean that I'm not going to keep receiving, but I absolutely want to keep paying it forward. And so, you know, if an AM student or former student hits me on LinkedIn, like I'm immediately in that one because if there's anything I can do to support an Aggie, I'm going to do it. Yeah. That includes hiring or connecting or whatever it might be, and I'm, I'm, you know, I'm actively involved with a lot of initiatives on AM. I was heavily involved with Startup Aggieland uh, at the McFerrin Center when when that got off the ground, and Blake Petty and and Don and and all, all the people involved with the McFerrin Center now, and even Jen McFerrin and I are are good friends, and she's been a huge mentor to me. I just want to pay it forward, you know. I just want to. I want to be uh, as much of an inspiration or a coach or a mentor to some future A&M you know, student as those have been for me. Chris, you've definitely delivered on that promise uh, today. Thank you for you know the, the candidness that, that you kind of talked through it and, and really going through and sharing some of your, your challenges and how y'all overcame them. Thanks for your willingness to, to join us on Aggie Growth Hacks. And thank you for being part of our community. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Dig them. So how about that, Ags? What do you think about that? That was really some good bowl that Chris shared that was with us. Great. Yeah. Oh, that was so awesome. There were some super valuable hacks that he shared with us. What was your favorite, Greg? Mm. Well, I just love how 
first off, Chris has experienced success in the sports world and in the football field at, at all levels. And he that was so fundamental to him as an entrepreneurship. But he, he talked about how entrepreneurs and teams uh, are, entrepreneurs and sports teams are so similar. You know, whether that be having a very clear vision and defining what you want to achieve, where you want to go, to making sure that everyone on the team is coachable to going and and talking to and be like, everyone on the team has to put in the hard work every single day in order for everybody to be successful. Uh, I mean, I know that he talked about that, talks about that in his book, but really to hear someone that has experienced that level of success, both uh, in on the sports world and the, the world of entrepreneurship, it was really cool to see and really cool to hear. How about you? Well, you know, I always agree with you and and I'm right there again with you. But I've got to say that I really loved how he likened teamwork being in the the fact that that you're climbing up a mountain and you're all on the same rope, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Is that that you're all tied together, right? One falls, the other falls. So I think that that really sums up exactly how teams are put together and how they should be put together and the mentality of, of what a team really truly is. So that's that's my biggest takeaway from Chris. I, I obviously had tons and tons because he's a really, really brilliant entrepreneur, but that was my one, if I have to sum it up, that was my one takeaway. Yeah, I, I really like the aspect where we talked about if if you want, the person you want on the other end of the rope, if you're hanging off the cliff, is not necessarily the strongest, but is the yep. one that mentally is so committed and will do anything they need to support and help you and, and pull you up and, and to get you to safety. So super, super great takeaway. And we appreciate Chris coming on and, and sharing that with us. Well, Ags, that's going to do it for another episode of Aggie Growth Hacks. We hope that you enjoyed this episode and that you hope that you connect with Chris on LinkedIn. We hope that you also will connect with Chris Hunter and I on LinkedIn, Instagram, or make sure that you, if you haven't joined, you join the Aggie Growth Hacks Facebook group and we'll continue our conversation there. Chris and I would love to connect with you and maybe share your story on a future episode of Aggie Growth Hacks. Finally, make sure that you check out our website, aggiegrowthhacks.com, where you can listen to a previous episode or download one of our monthly hack shops where we tackle some of the biggest challenges entrepreneurs are facing and then give practical tips on how to overcome them. Aggie Growth Hacks was produced by fellow Aggies Kyle Ackerman and Ben Wiggins from Podcast Architects. We also want to give a huge shout out to our sponsor, the McFerrin Center for Entrepreneurship at Texas A&M University. Since 1999, the McFerrin Center for Entrepreneurship has served as the hub of entrepreneurship for Texas A&M. If you're an Aggie entrepreneur or even a entrepreneur, head on over to their website and find the program that's right for you. Just search up the McFerrin Center for Entrepreneurship in Google and head over there right now. Be sure to join us next time when we connect with another great Aggie entrepreneur and learn how they hack their growth. Until then, I'm Chris Hunter. And I'm Greg Martin. Thanks and gig them. Whoop!